0: Chronicles of a Plumber 16 coming your way peeps welcome to another podcast you know what it's gonna happen bringing the bass here it goes that's right that's right how's it going what you been up to what you doing Kenny Molotov here in the studio peeps let the music cut out Oh man, it's really good to be here, really good to be talking to you, really good to be sitting, am I right? Sitting's a bit overrated, or underrated, I should say. Uh, My name is Kenny Molotov, I am a plumbing YouTuber, I also do a little bit of music, I also am a professional magician. A bunch of different things, let me pop over to the internet just to show you guys. If you are currently listening to this on YouTube... Um, You can see all this, but if you're not, I'm just going to run you through it really quickly. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Kenny hyphen Molotov, you will find my plumbing podcast there. Um, This is where I upload and distribute my podcast, and I'll show you the different apps that we can go off of. You you can find this on Anchor Breaker Google Podcast. Pocket Casts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Any of those uh, different platforms right there, you can go ahead and download my podcast there, listen to it on your way to work, or while you're driving to another job site, or whatever it is you guys do during the day. You know what I'm saying, peeps? Um, If I sound exhausted, I got a bunch of stories to explain why I am exhausted, but really quickly, let me jump over to the plumbing vlog channel, which is Kenny Molotov on YouTube. 2018 subscribers, peeps, that's right. We broke the 2,000 barrier. We are officially in the 2,000 range. I hit 2,000 subscribers as of last weekend, actually. The same day that I brought out a podcast last week. I think I hit 2,000 subscribers. We were at 1,999 at that point. So a lot of things are happening. Really exciting stuff, basically. I'm really happy about it, too. Um, Yeah, man. Hit 2,000. It's been like six to eight months going from 1,000 to 2,000, so it was quite a mission, or was it more than a year or something like that, it was quite a mission to get here, I'm really happy we're finally here, but it was, man, we had to pull out a bunch of videos to get here, really proud about that, um, we also brought out a 2,000 subscriber vlog. It's not doing so well for some reason. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that I brought it the podcast a couple of weeks before that. But either way, it's 159 views. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Uh, what do we do in this video? We install a toilet. What else do we install? Oh, oh yeah, and we do a kitchen sink as well. Check that bad boy out if you get a chance. And if you haven't already and you prefer a video version of this podcast, go over to YouTube, go Chronicles of a Plumber. Type that in. You're going to see this pretty mug there. You click on that, subscribe, and you can watch the podcast on YouTube, you can see a video version of this podcast, and we're going to pop over to Instagram, but let me tell you guys what the hell's been going on in Kenny Molotov's life. Why is Kenny Molotov so tired? I don't have that energy. I don't have that like extra battery of energy that I normally have. It was a rough week, peeps. Rough week for work. But it wasn't rough in the sense that I had to work. It's that I wanted to work. You ever push yourself because you really enjoy it? That's essentially what happened. But let me break down what what ended up happening, okay? So last week I did a podcast, right? And that very same day, Charity and I, my wife, we were sitting down, we were having dinner, and my dad calls me from Montreal. He goes, hey, just so you know, you got to run out to do a job right now. I go, do a job? What kind of job do I have to do on a Saturday? Well, my friends, there was an emergency call that came in, and we are an emergency service company, so when the call comes in, you got to go, bro. You got to go. So here's what ended up happening. I left the house around 8 o'clock, had to go get a bunch of things from the, the shop, and I had to grab a snake in case I needed it. I also needed to grab um, gear clamps because we they were talking about a leak happening. And if it's a pinhole leak, you need gear clamps with a special rubber that'll cover the pipe, basically. It'll be a temporary repair, essentially. So uh, I went and got that. I got to the job site maybe around 8.30, right? So it's late. And now we got to go find out what the hell's going on. And let me show you exactly what we ended up finding, okay? Check this video out. Take a look at that water in the bottom left-hand corner. You see it coming out of that. What you are looking at here, peeps, is an MJ coupling that went awry. At some point, it ended up collapsing on itself and not making the seal that is required. So it took me a, a At least 45 minutes to get to this situation, actually. What ends up happening is is I come in, uh, I see water in the hallway of the unit, and I go, what the hell's going on? There's no pipes behind these walls where the water's coming out of. The pipes are inside the kitchen. So I open the kitchen doors. It's dry really dry like a desert under there. So I end up thinking to myself, look, I don't know because this seems like a recently renovated uh, apartment. I don't want to just start cutting holes because if I do and I'm wrong, I just damaged a bunch of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You ever have that situation where you got to open holes but you don't know where to start? So anyways, what I end up doing is we end up going upstairs to the unit above where there's no water showing. And I end up cutting a couple of holes there because it was just easier to access and it would have been easier to plaster, essentially. We open up some holes and I realize, okay, this is where the stack is. That's what I need to find out. And we also notice that there's no water uh, on the floor above. So we're like, okay, it's definitely the floor below. And now that I know where the stack is, I can go in and cut holes without feeling guilty. I know exactly where the holes are where I need to cut them. So I go downstairs, and I cut some holes, and this is what I see. I saw that pipe, but this is essentially what it looks like coming from above, all right? So this is a Y. It's a uh, three-inch Y, actually, a three-inch Y, and then it reduces above. If you look above, you're gonna see that this thing has threads. That is a two-inch MIP that's threaded into the top portion of this Y, and this is a cast iron Y, and what you see on the Y part over here with this 45 and going up vertically is the vent, and then the one on the left is the drain, okay, so that this MJ right here essentially collapsed upon itself and isn't holding its seal anymore, which is why in this video you're seeing water running around the pipe rather than inside the pipe. So now, like, you got to keep in mind, it took me 45 minutes to find this, 45 minutes to an hour, just to find where the heck this problem was coming from. I had to cut a bunch of holes, and it's like nine o'clock at night, so the tenants are getting irritated, right? But I have to. It's an emergency call, man. People are seeing water leaking in their units. Even downstairs on floor eight, it was showing, and this was floor 11, essentially. So there's damage being caused. Kenny Molotov has to cut holes. You know what I'm saying, peeps? So, At this point, I'm thinking to myself, man, do I have a 3-inch MJ and a 2-inch MJ to be able to do this repair? Because that's the hardest part about this situation. 9 o'clock, you're not going to find a supplier open. If you're lucky, you might be able to run a Home Depot and they might have everything you need. But if you're unlucky, you're kind of in trouble. You might have to tell the the tenants to just chill for a day with uh, running their kitchen water. This was the kitchen sink. So I run to the uh, truck fingers crossed i have both a three inch mj and i have a two inch mj which is exactly exactly what i need to do this repair so i go to the truck and this is how i ended up fixing this up so you got a two inch mj right above you got a three inch mj right below this little piece right here is actually separate from the y right so this piece is like a reducer it had, it's an FIP, essentially, that goes onto a cast iron pipe, and then you could thread this MIP onto it. So it took me like 20 minutes to get these around. It was such a tight spot. That was the other hard part that I was dealing with. I, for the life of me, couldn't get these MJ couplings to go around this pipe. Finally, when I got it and I cranked it, it looked nice and dry. Uh, the superintendent called me the following day, and he goes, hey, We're good to go. It's all dry. Everything's looking good here. Thank goodness for that. I ended up getting home at 1 o'clock in the morning, and that was Saturday. Sunday, we ended up spending with the family. Monday, I had the day off. Dad was still in Montreal, and the way it worked out, the job that I had got postponed because uh, the the customers couldn't uh, make it that day. They had other plans, essentially. So come Tuesday... This is what I have to do. And I got to tell you guys, I did this completely out of order. Uh, This week's Instagram page is completely out of order because before I knew it, I got so busy, I didn't know how to update the Instagram page. I got lazy over the weekend. I think the 2,000 subscriber thing was making me go, holy crap, um, we did it. And then I sort of was like, okay, we could chill. We hit the two. I don't know what happened. Essentially, Kenny Molotov wasn't on his game. But let me tell you what Tuesday is, okay? Here's Tuesday. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about toilets nowadays. But Kenny Molotov is running into toilets where the flanges are way too low. And I'm talking about three in a row or some crap like that. Like every time I lift up a toilet, I go, oh, way more work. Way more work than I was hoping. So here's what's happening. I showed you guys a, a version of this last week as well. I lift the I lift up the flange, and this is why I showed you this picture right here. I just want you to look at this ridiculous picture right here, okay? You have one wax gasket under here, like so. You have a second one over here, like so. And they're both one-inch gaskets. (laughs) Bro. Bro. There was a two-inch drop on this toilet right here. I kid you not. No word of a lie. Look at this. Two inch drop on this bad boy. Look at that. Dude. Dude. Do you know how ridiculous this is? Like the flange is essentially really far. You can't put a toilet on this. It's gonna leak. So it like it was a huge blessing for the customers before the customers there because this has been going on for years. They've had it like this, and it hasn't leaked, thank goodness, because this is a disaster of a repair right here. Like you can I know a bunch of people put wax gasket upon wax gasket. It's it's a tool in our repertoire. I get that. But in reality, this flange has to move up higher rather than these wax gaskets because the gasket will deteriorate at some point. And not only that, you need a sturdy foundation. So this is what Kenny Molotov has to do. I chiseled this out real nice. You see the way it looks like that? Chiseled it out real nice. I exposed that flange for where it is, and that is a huge drop down there. Then you got to get the repair kits, and you just got to start stacking that those bad boys, and this is what it'll end up looking like. Now, if you look in here, I have four, four four repair kits going up, man. I brought this bad boy up real high. And even at this height right here, it was a little bit low. I had to use a one inch gasket in order to get this thing on top of it and in order to feel it. But still, what you got to do, got to build this flange up. Now, if you look around it, I put some silicone. This is like a Kenny Molotov staple with these sorts of things, though. I like to silicone around it so that if water does come in, it's going to stay, it's not going to seep out the sides. It'll either stay or it'll go into the flange. I know some people might be like, I don't know if that's legit, Kenny. Well, you know what? It works for me. And then I put four screws in just like so. So you bolt that down to the flange. And by the way, you got to drill holes into the flange in order to do this correctly. Put two massive bolts in and then throw a gasket on top like so and then throw the toilet and that's the way it looks. And then I spent the, the rest of the time working on this pretty little vanity right here, which turned out real nice like that. I don't know what it is about uh, vanities and, and washrooms like this, but during the finishing stages, I tend to take longer than I normally do. I know I, I, every time I talk to you guys, I talk about time. Um... I'm stuck in that place where I have the skill, but I don't have the speed or I have the speed. I just don't push myself to move faster because I'm worried about screwing up. I think that's what it is. I have that internal fear of let's not mess up any of these measurements because this is a finished piece of fixture right here. You know what I mean? Like it's this portion right here that you can't really screw up. It's going to show. So I had to drill a couple of holes in this vanity so you can secure it up against the wall. So, you know, I took my time with that. I didn't want to go super fast. I wanted to make sure that it was good, that it wasn't uh, going too far, um, that I had exactly what I needed. You need plugs in this situation to put inside uh, the tile, which means you got to drill the tile and whatnot. So you just got to be really meticulous. At least I am. But uh, Dad keeps nudging me and going, hey maybe it's time to hurry up a little bit, bro. We got a lot of work coming in. Then he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And this is what the vanity looked like at the end. I put a piece of caulking in the back and on the side as the owners asked me to. So that was Tuesday. After this, we ended up snaking a drain, actually. Let me show you where that that is. I, I had to show you. Where is it? Ah, it's right here, man it's right in front of my eyes, check this out. Bro. Bro K1500. What do you know? Big drain machine. Big, bro. You see it going into the into the flange right here. This flange actually didn't treat me badly. We were good. I didn't have to build it up like the other ones. So, I threw this bad boy in. We we ripped out a toilet. We threw this bad bad boy in. This was a basement apartment that we were in, right? Guy was saying, hey, look, like, all my drains are pretty damn slow. I'm thinking to myself, okay, the main might be a little bit backed up. We pull the snake out. Oh, 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 you know what that is, peeps? That is a bunch of roots down there. And I ended up taking it off. Look how many roots are down there. Now, the thing is, the uh, the owner of the basement apartment was like, dude, I, there aren't there." aren't even any trees down there. I I don't know what's going on. So essentially what we do know is that the pipe down there is compromised. In other words, roots are able to get into the pipe. So it might be a little bit brittle at the moment. There might be a little bit some holes for it to get in, and most likely, most likely, this is a clay pipe. Clay pipe uh, is really strong when it's first manufactured, but over years it becomes really brittle and roots ended up end up breaking into it, finding water essentially, and living inside uh, this this uh, pipe, right? and And it's interesting because, Not only is it getting water, but it's also getting fertilizer at the same time, right? That's what manure is. Isn't that interesting? So, in this whole process of creating a plumbing system, you also are creating an ecosystem inside of it. So... Um, He was like, there are no trees. But if you look at these roots right here, I don't think, these are definitely not tree roots. Tree roots are massive usually, right? So I think it might be grass and other things getting into it that are essentially growing down there and causing an obstruction. So that's what's happening. The man's pipes are slow because this stuff is growing inside of it. And any toilet paper going by or any debris going by is getting stopped essentially halfway through before getting out to the manhole so every year we're probably going to be coming in doing some snaking making sure that this thing is clear because this could be a really big issue in the future it could get worse and worse and worse people are messaging me i don't know what the heck's going on So I got to say, did I just tell you uh, that I had to upload a bunch of these pictures today so that I could do a podcast? Yeah, so I'm getting my phone's blowing up a little bit right now. People are uh, noticing what I'm sending up. I'm going to throw in, I'm going to show you guys really quickly the YouTube video that I uploaded. This is the teaser to it. And then we'll get on to the the destructive part of the day. Oh, by the way, I ended up coming home around eight o'clock this night with this snake machine on Tuesday because uh it took a while to get done and eh, anyways let's watch this video <laughs> peeps i'm exhausted let's watch this video let's go peeps kenny molotov here at home i just really wanted to quickly stop before we do the video and let you guys know we hit a milestone this weekend we just hit 2000 subscribers I secure the new bolts to the flan using those from the old toilet And the reason why I do that is because the hardest thing to do is install a toilet while those bolts are free-floating Peeps alrighty, that is the um That's the video I uploaded as of last week, Monday. I think Monday I uploaded it. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, I talk about toilet installations. I also do a kitchen sink installation. Oh, I also do a total flapper installation right at the end. And that's right, right at the end. So if you haven't already, definitely check that out. Um, It's our 2000 subscriber vlog. Like I said, really, really proud. All right, let's get into the nitty-gritty of what the heck's been going on the rest of the week because the rest of the week is where I got real tired. Now, you guys remember this coffee shop that I was working at, right? You remember me putting all that stuff together, doing the rough and stuff like that. I got lots of videos on, on the Instagram channel showing you this. Um, let me show you guys couple of videos yeah so check this out this is uh essentially the rough part that we had to do um you got floor drains you got a uh, couple of vents there I'm running hot and cold right next to each other and uh essentially i got called back for the finishing stages now here's the thing you got to know about the finishing stages um i had to do a couple of wall hung uh wall hung vanities and i also had to do some toilets i had to do some sinks and i also had to rough in a grease interceptor which is something i'm going to show you as well but let me just show you exactly what's going on here so this is the handicapped washroom right here so what you got to remember is in a handicapped washroom there are lots of uh, measurements that you essentially have to make sure that you're you're fitting one includes um the height of the vanity has to be a certain height You also have to make sure that the toilet is a certain distance from the wall, and you got to make sure that there are grab bars. The general contractor is going to be working on the grab bars, but I just want to show you what the process is here of putting in a wall hung vanity. Okay, so the first things first, I had to take. I had pipes coming out here. I had to cut them. I had to put solder a couple of valves. And the thing is, with uh, the handicap vanity, you have to make sure that it's that the valves are not coming out of the wall too far. If they are, then it's going to obstruct the individual in the wheelchair from getting in. It'll hit them in the knees or whatever, right? So you just got to be careful to make sure that there's enough space underneath the vanity in order for somebody to get underneath it like like so. And it also has to be high enough so that somebody in a wheelchair can come in and wash their hands uh, that they can roll up real close to it essentially, okay? So let me show you what it ends up looking like. So it ends up looking like this. I, I still haven't connected the trap underneath, but what you'll notice is is that um, a couple of things need to happen in order for this wall-hung vanity to take place, okay? The first thing is it comes with a bracket, okay? This bracket you have to uh, put up on the wall. You have to drill a couple of holes, put a couple of plugs, and you got to screw this bracket in. Then you got to throw uh, this vanity on top of it. And then this vanity for the handicapped washroom has a special trap, and if you notice, this little ball, bulge right here, that bulge right there is a shoe. It almost looks like a bathtub drain. The bathtub drain has a shoe that comes out and shoots the drain right away um, to the back. And that's what this thing does as well. It shoots it automatically to the back and then brings it down so that it's right up against the wall, essentially. And it does that for the exact same reason I was just telling you, because we need to make sure that there's access to get underneath with a wheelchair. So what I ended up having to do was connect this uh, vertical piece into the trap or putting a trap here and connecting it into the drain right here so that it's right up against the wall. And then once this is all done, you actually take a special sleeve, you put it over all of these pipes right here in order to make sure that if it's hot water going into it, it's not scolding anybody that might be touching it essentially. And that's what had to take place in order for this to be put in. Once the vanity is hung, there are also a couple of extra screws on the bottom of the vanity that you got to screw into it so that it's definitely secure up against the wall so that it won't fall back on anybody if they're getting underneath it. So there's there's a lot of work involved in it. Really pretty fixtures, though. I I don't do these a lot. I only do these in a commercial setting, and that's always been in a uh, coffee shop of some sort. That seems to be uh, the route that this company seems to be going, but a lot of fun. The only problem is, is I keep forgetting the measurement that I need to make sure that the vanity is. So one thing we always do is we end up walking over to a Starbucks or like a McDonald's, going to the washroom and (laughs) measuring their vanities. Uh, It's one way to do it, man. You could also... I ended up checking online... I looked up Ontario handicap vanity height, and I found a couple of diagrams there, which was really useful because it told me that the lip of this right here has to be minimum 34 inches high, so uh, I went a bit above that. I went about 35 inches high just to make sure so that if the inspector came in... I wasn't dealing with just the minimum. I was somewhere in the range of acceptable height. So that's what I ended up doing so that the, the wheelchair can have access underneath it. Now, this was Wednesday. Thursday was the big day for me. I ended up changing my schedule completely this entire week. Instead of working from morning to evening, morning to like five o'clock and taking off, I ended up switching it. I ended up starting midday and going late to like nine or ten o'clock. And that's just the way it worked out because what ended up happening on Tuesday that I showed you when we snaked that drain, it got I got really tired and I had a horrible night of sleep and I woke up the following day feeling miserable and I called that. I said, Look, I'm gonna go there at noon, I'm gonna I'm gonna work as long as I can because this coffee shop has to be open next week, Monday as of after tomorrow. So tomorrow, my dad and I are actually going to the coffee shop to, the, to do the final touches. So uh, maybe it's not Monday. I think it's Wednesday or something like that. But uh, the general contractor really is pushing, really is pushing for us to go. We're not going today, Saturday, because there's going to be four electricians there plus the two general contractors. And the, the size of this space is not enough for six people. All right. So tomorrow, as of Sunday, the electrician and us decided we're going to go in. They're going to push today. Tomorrow, we're going to go in and we're going to start working and finish off. That way we're coordinating with other people. Because honestly, yesterday when dad and I went, we were basically standing on each other. There was, It was just not enough space. It's just such a tiny space compared to um, the other ones that we worked in. Like it, It's really difficult to get in. So Wednesday, I ended up staying till like 9 or 10. Thursday was the big day. Thursday, I ended up leaving there at 1 a.m. in the morning, Friday morning. I worked from 12 all the way to 1, and I'll show you what I was working on. So this is a picture I already uploaded to Instagram about, I don't know, two weeks ago, okay? What you're looking at here is a cold water manifold and a hot water manifold, something Dad and I decided to do because we ran a bunch of PEX pipes, which is the way to do it, man. It's the fastest way to do it. So, what you're looking down here, though, that is a three-inch stack coming up, and what you're looking at right here is another inch and a half drain. So, I had to rough in a grease interceptor, a laundry tub, and also a dishwasher, And this is what I ended up doing, okay? So just for the grease interceptor itself, remember, you need three vents. The grease interceptor is a fixture that is always very difficult to rough in and even more difficult to install. And it's difficult to install because it's the awkwardest bloody fixture. It goes underneath a, uh, a sink, And you got to now start running pipes underneath the sink when there are pipes behind this as well. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's rough times. But what made it really easy for us was that this wall was completely open, number one. Number two, the fixtures that we were roughing it in for were already there. That is an absolute must if you're planning to make this as easy as possible for you. What I mean by that is that I took the sink... And I put it right up against this wall so that I knew exactly where the sink was going to be and therefore where the grease interceptor was going to be as well. And let me tell you, it should make the installation of the interceptor way easier as of tomorrow when I finally put it in. So here's what I ended up doing. Let me just show you. I'll bring you to the picture. Boom. This is what it looks like. This is the finished result because I also ran water as well for this. Okay, so let's take a look. Let's break this down, okay? So the grease interceptor is going to have a 3-inch outlet. It's a 30 GPM, which is a measurement of, um, I think it's the measurement of volume of water and grease that this thing can hold and also a discharge of it as well, and it's going to have a 3-inch outlet. It also has a three-inch inlet, but we're going to upsize to from inch and a half to three inch. Okay, here's what you're looking at. You're looking at a three-inch outlet that I had to put on a forty-five. This was crucial because I need to try to maneuver it so it's still inside uh, the legs of the the sink, the double compartment sink, which is a, a commercial sink. And the reason why I got to work within this space is because to the left is a dishwasher. It's actually a glass washer and that thing can't move because on the left of that is going to be a refrigerator and that thing is not going to give us any space. So it's really crucial to stay within our limits. What I am able to do is push a little bit more to the right and I'm going to be able to do that because there's a laundry tub to the right and that laundry tub, you can go in underneath it a little bit without getting into a lot of trouble like you would if you were trying to use the glass washer space okay so here's what you're looking at you have a three inch inlet and right above you're gonna have a glass washer uh connection so there's a wet vent taking place right here just between the two of them right then i have to run the highest fixture above flood level rim and connect into an existing vent which is exactly what's going on here okay Here's what you got to see on the right. All the way to the right here is the drain for the laundry tub, all right? It comes across, and what you're seeing here is the vent running up vertically. This vent runs above flood level rim. It connects in to one of the vents that the grease interceptor requires, and then into the second vent that the grease interceptor requires. And then... Comes in and goes above uh, to open air. Now, this pipe right here on the vertical part is not only venting the dishwasher to the left, it's also venting the grease interceptor above. So that's what this vent is doing for us right here. So that is the third vent for the grease interceptor. So let's talk about the grease interceptor really quickly. I did a video, let me show you quickly. I did a video about a year ago. November, yeah, a year ago around this time, doing a grease interceptor installation. And what's interesting is that every once in a while, I forget how a grease interceptor is installed, and I actually go back to this video and watch it again to make sure I know what the heck's going on. Let me show you. Um, It's called, what is a grease interceptor? Let me see. I I overshoot it. I overshot it, I think. Yes, I overshot it. Three phases. What is a grease interceptor? This is the bad boy right here. I end up looking up this video to see what the grease interceptor installation looks like. I keep forgetting, but let me tell you what it is because it's fresh in the mind of Kenny Molotov right now. So check this out. The, one of the vents is designed so that the grease interceptor itself, uh, it's uh, solar, sorry, one of the vents is there because the double compartment sink is going to have a trap and that needs to maintain its trap seal. It also needs to have good flow. So this goes directly after the trap. So that the trap seal is protected and also it has good flow. The second one is designed, the second vent is designed for the grease interceptor itself. What you got to know about the grease interceptor is it has a flow reduction plate, a flow reducing plate. It essentially... The diameter of the flow goes down really small, and it does that because it wants the flow to go into the grease interceptor really slowly, and it wants to slow down the water so that the grease and the water separate, and the water continues on, and the grease stays. There are bevels inside uh, the grease interceptor that are designed so that water can go around it, but the grease will get caught, as much as possible will get caught. So the second vent right here is designed for um, the flow on the way into the grease interceptor. And also, you have an anti-siphon vent on the back. So on the outlet, you bring it up to a vent so that... When water is discharging out of the interceptor, you don't want it to start pulling both water and grease at the same time through a siphoning process. So you throw a vent on the back on the end of it so that it will eventually uh, drain correctly, flow well, but also not pull uh, more grease than is required to go inside of it. So really complicated fixture. Lots of pipes designed just for a grease interceptor this roughing right here took me a while took me a while took me i kid you not it took me three or four hours to be able to get this in because first thing you have to do is start off with all the fixtures there then you got to put the pipes onto the fixture to make sure that everything's going to be lined up correctly you got to make a game plan and then you got to execute the game plan what you're looking at here as well is a couple of things i also ran water for all the fixtures Hex was a dream, really fast to do compared to copper, went really smooth. But here's what you're looking at. So in this manifold right here, this cold water manifold, I connected one T and I ran that T across. I'm running it for the first one is going to be the double compartment sink. And the second one is going to be the laundry tub on the right. And then I ran a hot water pipe all the way to the left and all the way to the right. So I connected into the manifold and I went all the way left to the glass washer, which is only going to be using hot water. And I went all the way to the right. I added one for the double compartment sink and then I added one for the, cl- tub, the laundry tub as well. So that's what I had to do at the end. One thing I want to note here is you see this copper pipe back here? Uh, it's got two coming out and one coming up, this is our floor drain primers. We have two floor drains connected to this laundry tub. You also got to get a faucet that has a primer connection to it, which is always a laundry connection, a laundry uh, type of faucet. I know that uh, Glacier Bay has a really nice kitchen-looking faucet. I think they call it a bar faucet. Oh, sorry. It's definitely called a laundry faucet. I'm being so silly. It's called a laundry faucet, but it's really pretty. It's a very nice uh, faucet in itself, so it doesn't look like the standard laundry faucet that you normally get. The standard one looks like a laundry faucet. You know what I mean? It's not really designed to be gorgeous, but they have this really pretty one with a gooseneck, and I think you have even a pull-down uh, shower head. I know it's not a shower, though. A pull-down head for it um, and stuff like that. So if you really wanted to get fancy, they do have that option. But every time I've aimed to go get that faucet, for some reason I can't bloody find it. So we ended up going with our staple laundry faucet because it's going to be a staple laundry tub and it's good to go. And the reason why they have a laundry tub, by the way, is because they don't want uh, they don't want water that's being used for washing, washing the floors, for example, to go into the double compartment sink, because God forbid there's a backup on the double compartment sink, that water might come up into the sink itself. So they'd rather keep it separate so that if you don't wash down the sink itself afterwards, those contaminants will get onto whatever you're washing. So I don't know if that made any sense. Let me try that again. So let's say you were washing the floor, you put your whatever, you put your Javix bleach or you put whatever you put to wash your floors inside this bucket and you mix it up and then you use your mop. And then if you were to throw it inside the double compartment sink, now you have a very strong chemical that just went into that sink. A lot of times people use this double compartment sink, not only to wash dishes, but also to wash foods like fruits and, and vegetables or whatever. And if you haven't wiped down this sink, there there's a really big chance of contaminating. So, Uh, They wanted a laundry tub or a a mop sink. A mop sink is actually a really low sink that goes to the floor, which is designed just for the mop. Uh, They wanted one of those so that the water with uh, chemicals inside of it goes there rather than the double compartment sink. They have found over time that it's just safer for people ingesting food there. So here's one thing I got to say. I absolutely love doing roughins. Ruffins are a tremendously fun thing to do for me, um, and I like them even more than doing service. Even though my roots are in service, and I enjoy it a lot, because service will provide a problem-solving uh, aspect to you that I don't think um, I, I don't think matches what will happen in a construction setting so yes there's a lot of problem solving in a new construction setting here or a renovation uh setting here but there's a lot of really weird manifestations of leaks and and manifestations of issues like um crossovers and stuff like that that happens in buildings that you just don't get right so there's a there's definitely an excitement to working in service but I am in love with doing rough-ins. I love doing this rough-in. I love putting in these pipes. I loved designing this drain. You know, there's something really fun about putting in the grease interceptor and and thinking to yourself, how the hell am I going to fit three fixtures in this or four fixtures in this amount of space without losing my mind along the way? You know what I'm saying? So I had a great amount of fun, and that's why I ended up staying so late. Like... It's just fun. It's a, it's a puzzle, you know what I'm saying? And, and you're working it out. And and when that puzzle is finished, you're like, man, you know, that was fun. That worked out. Uh, yeah, so I, I really, really enjoyed it. And that's why I stayed up so late. But I was absolutely useless yesterday. Uh, yesterday was Friday. I was so useless yesterday because even though I slept in and I got there around noon, I was just zombified not only that you also had uh four other guys no five other guys there and they were all stepping all over me and i was like fuck bro i just i can't i can't do this man this is like too much to deal with right now when you're this tired so dad came in yesterday and uh, we ended up trying to do some work because the electricians left around six, six or seven p.m. So we're like, "Oh well, look we got a, we got good space to, to do something." We started connecting uh, the cold water in. so this manifold right here wasn't connected to the main uh, the main pipe potable water pipe. And that's what we ended up doing yesterday we connected into that. Um, where was I going with this? Oh yes. But what what ends up happening is is that <laughs> I was so tired that I was that I was trying to push myself and dad saw how tired I was. And he's like, okay, let's come back. uh, Let's come back Sunday, like we said, and we'll get this all done. And in my head, I'm going, no, no, we gotta get way more done right now than it is right now. And dad's like, no, just chill. I go, no, 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 look, you go home. That's fine. I'll work for a couple more hours, hammer out a couple of these fixtures and we'll be fine. And dad ended up blasting me yesterday. He was going, what's wrong with you? You stayed here till 1 a.m. yesterday. You're absolutely tired. We're going to be coming back Sunday. You and I are going to hammer this out. We're going to get this done. Get in the truck. Go home early. I go, no, no, no. And dad ended up even amping that up and just started yelling at me. You're tired. You have like an hour and a half to drive. You don't want to fall asleep on the road. Knock on wood, man. Knock on wood. He goes, why, why push it? Don't, don't push yourself too hard. And he was right, man. Because look at me right now. I mean... I'm energetic. I love talking about this stuff. But man, I could take a nap right now like this, bro. So we ended up uh, doing a modest amount of work last night. And uh, I hope I'm I'm rested tomorrow to hammer this out pretty fast. Because right now, the amount of things we need to do. Let me, let me break it down to you. This is the end of the coffee shop. This is how it, it's going to happen. I have to put in a trap for... A um, a glass, oh, an ice machine. The ice machine came in. I already roughed in a, a drain. I have to put in the trap. I have to put in the trap for the cappuccino machine, which is going to be a hub drain. A hub drain is a drain that's just open. It doesn't actually connect it. I'll explain that in a vlog coming up. No, I'll explain right now. A hub drain is a drain that it looks like a funnel. So it doesn't actually connect to anything. You just put a hose inside and uh, the hose will drip into this hub drain. And that way, if there's a backup, it won't go into the cappuccino machine because that'll be a disaster. We have to install that. I have to install the glass washer. Double compartment sink, grease interceptor, laundry tub. Dad has to connect into the hot water tank. That's what dad's going to be doing. And then we just got to do some testing. We got to test all the drains and we're done. So I think we could do it in a day, honestly. I think it's a one day sort of thing. But I'm going early, peeps. I'm going like at 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm out of here. I got to leave the house. I got to get there. I got to make sure that uh, we have all the materials because our uh, suppliers don't open Sundays. So it's going to be a mission to say the least. Uh, That's the game plan, man. Uh, We are in the final stages of the coffee shop. I'm really excited, really happy. It was a super fun process. And I ended up roughing in all of these drains. Uh, the only thing dad helped me out with was the the undergrounds. Dad and I hammered out the undergrounds together, which was absolutely necessary because it, it took two or three days of two men, two manpower, I was going to say, uh, two laborious people, I should say, um, to get that all done. And that was Uh, 14-15 fixtures that we had to rough in and then the hot and cold as well so the rest everything above ground oh actually dad did all the vents he did all the vents that were in the ceiling I ended up throwing all the vents upwards vertically and roughing in all the fixtures and uh, dad did all the vents above he he was the one on the ladder constantly (laughs) and he was on the ladder yesterday as well I go very slow very slow when i get on ladders i i'm not good with heights i'm not good with falling i should say heights no i'm not good with them either <laughs> i i every time i get on a ladder i slow down quite a bit um because i don't want to do anything jittery uh, to make that ladder bounce back and forth that scares the crap out of me so dad's been on the ladder and he's done that but i'm really proud of this because um I did the majority of it, uh, above ground and, uh, seeing it come to fruition is something special for me. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a project I struggled with. I put a lot of time and effort into, and, you know, I had a lot of fun with, so, Oh, I'm getting emotional, over plumbing. What's wrong with you, Kenny Molotov peeps? That is going to be the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. Thank you for the 2,000 subscribers. I really appreciate you guys. You really mean the world to me. I'm really happy i can share my life with you guys in a plumbing aspect and and have some sort of recognition out of it you guys are the best i appreciate it my name is kenny molotov plumbing youtuber magician uh musician all the links for that will be down in the description below you guys are the best i'll see you next week with another podcast and i'll see you guys very soon with a vlog kenny molotov guys peace baby